Cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. And welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a program who uh, all he wants to do is draw. But unfortunately, I don't think we have any drawing programs in this in this movie. So welcome, Jacob. Very sad program indeed. <laughs> Why, thank you. And let me, let me introduce our co-program. A program who just likes to play Frisbee. Welcome, Drew. <laughs> well... It's just so easy to do, and it's fun to make the dog programs try to chase after it. You would yeah. know a lot about that, wouldn't you? Exactly. <laughs> and joining us on this ver- on this episode is a good friend of ours, a program who he just enjoys playing games. Welcome, Chase. Oh, thank you very much. Very glad to be here. <laughs> and it's always great to be with my fellow programs, Jacob, a program that writes so poorly that he won't even remember how I started this sentence. And Drew, who is so trekky that uh, uh, he only reads his Bible in the original Klingon. <laughs> wow. I need to look up some translations. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I can I edit them in there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that was love or a slap in the face. <laughs> it's the most interesting one you, we've had so far. I'll give true. you that. <laughs> that is true. Oh, you, my uh, gosh. You hurt the ones you love. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> so... Chase, who are you? Who am I? Why should we care? Yeah. Why should you care? Well, I don't care whether you care or not, <laughs> because I am a, I am a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, that means I'm a preacher, for those of you that uh, don't speak theologian. And so, uh, anyway, so the Lord has called me to a ministry. I, I uh, pastor a very small church in East Texas called Glenfawn Baptist Church, and uh, I'm very pl- glad to be here and with my friends Guys I've known for several years who knew me before I was a preacher. Mm-hmm. So anyway, thanks guys for having me. Continue with the interrogation, okay. if you would. All right, so... That is an inquisition. Yeah, maybe, just a little bit. All right, so uh, for most of the people who listen, whenever we have a guest, we have a little battery of questions. And so with Chase, prepare to get batteried. <laughs> well, you need the power, don't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guys, y'all are in Bible study with me. You know I. You, oh yes, I forget. You know this I. This is revenge. A dish best served cold. cold. Guys, guys, it's very don't, cold. Don't, don't you understand? Haven't y'all figured out by now? I'm the preacher, Energizer Bunny. I just keep going and going and going. That is so true. All, All right, right, so Chase. give me these questions. All right, okay, number one. What was the first anime movie you saw in theaters? Uh, <laughs> this is why we don't tell you exactly. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's a really hard one because uh, you know when I started getting into anime, there was no idea of the anime in theaters. It mm. was, it was well, any animated thing. 
Anime movie. Oh, oh. He's, um, I think he said anime, but he meant animated. Yeah, okay, animated. Okay. That's what first, I'm first one I can clearly remember was uh, The Black Cauldron. Ooh, uh, that's a good one. That would have been I still awesome. To see one. That one. Yeah, yeah I saw good. that. I saw that in the theater with my dad. My dad took me when I was a little kid, and he he was afraid it was a little too scary, and I think he was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Because okay. that was one of the darkest films uh, Disney ever did, and they canned it for what twenty something years. Yeah, something like that. Uh, finally came on DVD a few yeah, years ago before they finally admitted that they actually had that. Yeah, exactly. All right, so. Which animated series or movie do you find yourself rewatching frequently? Oh, that's easy. Uh, Robotech. Robotech. Robotech was the the anime that was actually for for my generation, which I'm about forty two. Uh, that was the anime that that a lot of us got started on back in 1985. Uh, of course, uh, I won't go into all the details about Robotech, but that first aired in America. It was like the second anime ever mm-hmm. aired in America. I think Star Blazers was the first. Uh, and then Speed Racer came in later, I think. But anyway, so I was anyway. trying to think when would Speed Racer? Yeah, it, come it was out? it was very early the, too. I know the so. original footage is like '60s, but right, yeah. but it didn't come to America until right. later. So anyway, so like late 80, 85, 86, Robotech hits, and it's this incredible sci-fi transforming robot thing. It actually started the transforming robot craze in America mm-hmm. uh, because it predates Transformers by a year or two. Right. And uh, anyway, so. Uh, yeah, that was the first big kickoff anime that really got me sucked into all this. Okay. All right. Excellent. All right. So, with Valentine's Day just around the corner, if you had a special lady, what animated movie would you watch to, cel- to celebrate the special day? Oh, um, Summer Wars. That's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> Summer Wars. Okay. Now, that's a good one. If you haven't seen Summer Wars, go watch Summer Wars. What, yeah, a, that, what an that incredible... That is the most underrated movie I know. Agreed it really point. is. It really is. Because it's a, it's a, it is a animated movie about family. Yes. Agreed. And, and, it, and it, it, does, it does what most animes would never even dare to try. It throws about 30 different characters at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it gives them to you in such a way that you actually remember them and you quickly fall in love with them. Yes. Because yes. normally most anime can't handle more than five characters over... You know, 12, 13 episodes to develop them. True. And this thing actually develops 20, 30 characters simultaneously and does a, an, mm. an amazing job Agreed. of doing so. Yeah, I agree. Not we, bad for the guy who, who directed Digimon. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Not bad at all. No. So if you, if you are interested in uh, listening to our full review on Summer Wars, we do have it that, in our... Yeah, that's season one, yeah, go, I believe. Yeah, go check that out. Uh, I, it's a really good show. I got to watch it for the first time. Uh, amazing. So, yeah, going on to, well, let's throw this to our co-host. What, 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 what would you think would be the, if you had a significant other, you had a, a lady love mm-hmm. in your life, what movie would you watch during the special day? Weathering with you. What? Wow. Okay. That's really good. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to go a little old school. Uh, lady and a Tramp. Fair. That, that that's pretty old school. That is yeah. pretty old school. So all right. So number four. Which animated character that you that you find yourself connected to the most? Are are you are you finding that you you connect more with this character? Gosh, that 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 one has changed so much over the years. Because <laughs> uh, again, my first major influence was Robotech. So many of the right. characters in there had a were very large to me as a, as a child. Um, today, who do I, mm, I cannot think of his name. Um, I think it's, 
Links, I think is his last name. It's the character from uh, Zone of the Enders. Oh, uh, in Zone, uh, most, okay, I don't remember so, his name either. Yeah, it's something Links. Uh, anyway, so in Zone of the Enders, the main character is very unusual for an anime because the main character is like 50 years old. And he's a, he's a father, and uh, he's, his, his wife is dead, and he's got two children that are estranged from him. And he spends half this anime trying to rebuild his family on the eve of the very first interstellar space war. And uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible anime. It's humor. It's funny. It's sad. Uh, but I, I can really identify with this older man character. Of course, like I said, that's, that's yeah. how my taste of change over the years. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, John Lynx, I think it is, or George Lynx. I can't remember anyone. Okay. And I may be wrong about the name. It's been a while since I've watched it. Okay. But the main character from Zone of the Enders. Yeah, main okay. character from Zone of the Enders. Um, all right. So my fifth question would be, if you had the opportunity to watch any animated movie in theaters, which you had not seen in theaters before, which movie would that be? Mm. I guess I would watch the original Macross. Okay. Never seen that in theater. Okay. Interesting. All right. So, so Robotech season one. Sort of. Not exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. Because it was actually a Macross movie. Okay. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I was, I was yeah. going to ask for a little more clarity. Well, it was, it was one of the original... It was one of those that was really groundbreaking because it really showed space uh, as, as a hard science as opposed to the more X-Wing style flying whatever. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be my answer. Okay, excellent. And sixth and final, if you were stranded on a lonely island... And you had one animated series that you could... Tenchi GXP. I knew <laughs> I wasn't finished yet. All right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, that is an anime. Is an anime? Is, is not. Is, is not, not an anime. An animated series. Okay. okay, so an animated series that is not anime. Exactly. Make it a little more challenging for you. <laughs> Pirates of Dark Water. Ooh. It's not hard. Okay. No, okay. And you still need to watch that. Oh, that is I know. Good. That is that is good. That is that was Hanna Barbera's last one, and I tell you what, it grieves me they did not finish it, but they just weren't making enough money on it. Mm. Gee, that sounds horribly familiar. Horribly familiar, <laughs> like a certain show we just got done reviewing on animated series. Oh, exactly. Thundercats. Yes, <laughs> yes, I'm aware. I'm aware. I wasn't sure if you remembered. No, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, one season of that, and and everybody is still angry about that. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, yeah, Stupid that that stuff. could have been so much, but uh, yes. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's hard. amazing it, how angry I am at it, even though I was not in the middle of, I was not in the midst of it when it got canceled, and I'm still angry. Yes, mm. I get it. Ten years later. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh come on, us Firefly fans are still angry about that one too. So. Well, at least fair, you got a comic fair. <laughs> and you got a movie. Yeah. Yes, we did. We did. And that, that was a fan that was a fan driven project because canceled TV shows don't become movies. True. That is true. I still haven't seen all of that series. I've seen like maybe like a small handful of them. Oh my gosh, you you, you I heathen. Still need, I still need to sit down and finish it. I've seen six episodes of what, twenty four? I know there was only like thirteen episodes. Oh, I'm halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So one final one. This is more of a last minute one. Uh, which animated studio would you prefer to watch? Like a studio or the now debunked Blue Sky? Mm, what, what name the first one again? Laika. Laika. I don't even know what they made. Uh, Paranorman, Coraline, I mean, and 
Kubo and the two strings, strings, and then there's something else. Yeah, give me Ice Age. Give me Ice Age. It's much, much okay. better. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. That will be a point we will agree to disagree on. Okay, yes. fine. Because okay. okay. Kubo I still enjoy. Yeah, Kubo was good. There again, we did review that, so go check it out. Yes. Um, and Coraline was and good. And Coraline. Coraline was amazing. <laughs> hey, we're down to three viewers. Yes. Only, okay. We're, we're only scaring three, people off. Only three Slow, more of you to get rid of. Slowly but surely. <laughs> All right, so the guests that killed the show. Since you are our guest, all right. So I just had a uh, uh, commenter just po- post up. Uh-huh. Uh, this comes from a hey, stop it. And for some uh, reason, it's not another thing. Oh, it's no, it's, your watch party. It's popping on my watch party. Uh, Johnny Adams says Speed Racer aired in the U.S. in 1967. Oh, huh? Did right. not know that. So I it, guess so. It was the is, first anime then in, yes. in America. Close then it, mu- it must have gone Speed Racer, Star Blazers, and then Robotech. Yes. Right. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. All right. Yeah. So, Chase, since you are our guest, I get to ask you the question first. Okay. What have you been watching recently? What have I been watching recently? I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Well, I've been watching uh, a bit of the new season, and unfortunately, it has been so blah that almost none of them have stood out to me at all. Mm-hmm. The new uh, anime season. The new anime season. Yes, yeah, sorry. Ah. The new anime season. Uh, the only one that I'm actually interested in right now is um, So I Was in Reincarnated as a Spider. Ah, spider. Yes. Oh, isn't it called uh, I'm, a, I'm a Spider Now, So What? Yeah, that's what it's called. Mm, I'm yeah. a Spider Now, So What? That's right. Anyway, that, that, that's actually been pretty decent. I went and looked up the manga, started reading the manga. No, watch the anime. Anime's better. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> manga is too drawn out, yes. Yes. That happens. Yeah. Yes. But the, but the anime so far, the pacing, you know, a lot of times what you have is a, with a manga is, is the manga goes deeper and shows more and does more and, of course, has more time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the manga typically is better, just like the book is better. This was a case where the manga was too long, too drawn out, and the animes abbreviated it and thrown, reordered the events to make it, frankly, a lot more interesting to watch. So unlike, I'm enjoying it. Unlike a manga I've read, which was actually shorter than the anime. Yeah. Mm. But that's Dragon Ball for you. Ooh. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Just a little bit. Wow. So, Jacob, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? So... Uh, I recently I've gotten a few commissions, uh, for art wise. So that's, I, I, uh, just recently finished watching Trigun. Nice. Yeah. Oh, you finished it. I finished Trigun. For okay. Like the, the second time. They're like amazing series. Uh, yeah, go watch it. It's very, I don't, where can you watch it now? I think it's on Funimation. Yeah. Funimation's got the rights to it right yeah, now. So Funimation I, I think you can it. watch it on their site. Yeah. You can go watch it there. It's, it's an amazing series. If you haven't watched it. Uh, let me think. What else have I watched? Uh, I, the series I really want to go back and revisit, I haven't watched yet in the longest time, was probably Big O. Oh, came, came out oh like wow. The, I haven't seen that one yeah, in a long the time. Yeah, the 2000s. Oh, I, my God. I only watched season one because I started season two. And it's like, this isn't the show I liked. <laughs> That's what I keep hearing. And uh, what else? Um, I think that's it. I'm I'm drawing a blank on if I've watched anything else, but yeah, I watched uh, Kong Skull Island for our other podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did a, I. It's a lot better than I originally thought. Other than that, I think we're good. What well, about you, Drew? I have been watching, of course. So I'm still going through Phineas and Ferb. I'm halfway through season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I and that's pr- and outside of. Uh, Kong Skull Island, which I also watched. Mm-hmm. Mostly what I have been wa- doing is playing games. 
those of you who are on our Twitch, who do watch the Twitch uh, live stream of me playing Final Fantasy XIV, knows I'm working through the New Game Plus of that game. And I think I've decided since they announced the the expansion at the end that's coming out in the fall that I'm probably going to want to play that too. I'm just going to play all the way through and stream the whole thing. So come and join me. Waste my life, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, I picked up Me uh, Mega Man 2 on uh, on the Switch. I've been playing on their the, Legacy Collection. The NES yes. Mega Man? That was the only one I think I ever really played. I, I I tried some of the others and hated them, and it was Mega Man 2. That, right. Well, that was a hard game, by the way. It's a lot easier with the rewind feature. <laughs> I will admit I am taking advantage of the rewind feature. Okay, okay. That does, so when that I get cool. close, when I die, I just back up. It's like, okay, I'm messing up this boss fight. I'm just going to go back to the hallway. <laughs> Try again. Oh, uh, I, I hate it. It's a lot easier, especially the, the disappearing block puzzles are a lot easier when you don't have to replay everything up to that point to figure out where you missed your jump. That that Yeah, that, that sounds a lot more fun, actually. Because Before I think I maybe got through three levels before I gave up, I actually have beaten seven levels. Wow, okay. And I'm oh. not quite to Dr. Wily yet. Because <laughs> I, I did it as a kid, and that was the, always, that was the killer, was you miss a jump, mm -hmm. and you just don't want to replay the last 15 minutes. Right, and that's assuming you wrote the password down correctly. Right, and funny how yeah. hard that actually was to write it down correctly. Well, you look at Mega Man passwords, they're headache-inducing. Yes, yes. So thankfully, I have safe states, too. Uh, <laughs> but that's pretty much what I've been doing. So, uh, Jacob, what do we got in the news? All right, so what do we have in the news? Uh the official YouTube channel for Ghostbusters released the pilot episode of the the real Ghostbusters last last I want to say September but mm -hmm. Saturday, and man that that just draws you back to your your childhood the nineteen nineties and uh, or correction like the early nineteen nineties mm, and uh, it so. was it was so much fun it was I'm great I'm only watching on a little your phone but right. still it's just so nostalgia was just oozing and just fun and just excitement. And uh, they recently just announced that they are uh, releasing the Extreme Ghostbusters uh, this Wednesday. So tomorrow. Nice. So if that was the one I watched. Okay. Interesting. Okay. I think so, I saw, actually saw both of them. So anyway. yeah, <laughs> but it's been so long ago. I don't really remember either one of them. So I should go check this out. All right. So if we're going into, News and stuff. All right. So there's a certain uh, company that likes to reissue uh, series and horror films. And you know, Are you referring to Shout Factory? Yes, I'm referring to Shout Factory. Thank okay. you very much. All right. So Shout Factory has recently uh, collaborated with Leica Studios to release their first four, their first four um, award-winning films, Kubo and the Two Strings in two, mm -hmm. of 2016, uh, the Box Rolls, 2014, Paranoia, 2012, and Coraline, 2009. Uh, there hasn't been a release date for this yet. So, doesn't the original... Uh, I'm just asking because I don't know. Yeah. Don't the original distributors still have the rights to distribute that movie? I don't Those know. Those movies? Why are you, is Shout Factory getting them? That's odd. I guess that you got the... Um Unless some they unless their contracts I guess expired yeah they, they they must have lapsed maybe and Shout Factory I guess is paying better 
or maybe I guess, Shell Factory is paying. I guess <laughs> that so. could happen too. Yeah, that's don't true. get me wrong. All four of those movies are good, but yeah. Actually, I haven't seen Box Trolls or Paranorman, so maybe I shouldn't say that. Yeah, I've, I've watched two of them. Yes. All right. The so, two we reviewed. Yes, the two we reviewed. <laughs> Same here. Yes. <laughs> All right, so our last bit of news, and sadly enough, though, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Disney has decided to close down uh, Blue Sky Studios. This is the first time I think we've had a studio close on us while mm-hmm. the podcast has been yes. active. And I'm going to be honest, I am not a fan of Blue Sky Studios because most of their stuff has been kind of so-so. Mm-hmm. But I still hate to see an, an animation studio close, and I hate all those people now being out of work and having to go get hired on somewhere else, especially since I don't think there are any other animation studios in Connecticut where they've been based. Hmm. But uh, I just want to kind of go over quickly uh, some of the cool things that Blue Sky has done that I don't yes. think most of us know about. Yeah. Did you know they're one of the first people to actually use ray tracing in a in an animated feature? I heard about that. Yeah. For those Disney, of a, like, Disney likes to point say, oh, Monsters University was the first one where we actually used all this stuff. No, it's just the first time where Pixar used it. <laughs> okay, for those of us not in the know, what is ray tracing? Okay, so in the old days of computer animation, mm-hmm. they used a technique called, uh, what is it called? Uh, scanline rendering. Okay. Scanline rendering essentially means it's a three-dimensional object and you and how bright or dark you make it is how much light is on it. Okay. That's the old way of doing it. That's how Toy Story was done. Give you an idea. Mm-hmm. Ray tracing is where the computer, you point out to the computer where your light source is, and it traces the, where the theoretical rays of light are pointing. Okay. Okay. And so you have to also tell it, you know, what type of surface is this reflecting on? Is 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 this on? What all this other kind of stuff? It provides a much better lighting surface but it's also something they didn't have for a long time right right right. and they had it in 1998 wow wow that's pixar to put this another way three years after the internet showed up guys yeah (laughs) put this another way the one that disney puts puts out everything monsters university i believe was 2012 Wow. That's you know, how long it took Pixar to get this technology you, in their you, system. You, you know, I still haven't seen Monsters University. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, I'll you're, have to go check it out. You're not the only one. You like college movies, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a college movie. Okay, it's a college movie. In mon- in the Monsters So it's, universe. it's Animal House with real monsters. Pretty much. <laughs> Honestly, that is the best description, except I actually like this movie. I don't like Animal House. Oh, for shame, for I shame. Don't. I couldn't finish I I'm, got to the zit and I turned it off. I'm sorry. The scene where they kill the horse. I didn't get that oh. far. Oh, you, you've robbed yourself. I don't think I'm a fan of John Belushi. That's all it comes down to. Okay. Uh, come on. He was on every drug known to man during that movie. Come on. <laughs> None of this surprises me at all. Actually, it was Blues Brothers. He was on every drug known to man. Mm. But uh, that movie I like. Yeah. Not 2000, but I think he was dead by then. He was. Yeah, he did not live long after that movie. No, right. he did not. So, yeah. So, I mean, they've put out 13 movies. Yes. Since, uh, and we've only reviewed one of them so far, which was Spies in Disguise. Yeah. Won't get into that. Yeah, go, go, <laughs> go listen to our review of that. Yeah. 
I think we do need to at least get some other ones on the list because I I do yeah, remember uh, stuff like the Peanuts movie was good. Yes, I still want to watch that. Uh, Horton hears a who that was a, they did a good job, much better than Illumination has done. Wait, wait, opinion. wait, wait! Y'all have not reviewed Ice Age yet. We've not no. reviewed Ice Age. Yet. No, we haven't. Oh, the shame. <laughs> the well, shame. In my defense, I don't own a copy. That could, and be a pro- just, that could be a and problem. And it's only recently shown up on Disney Plus. Okay, mm. okay. So I mean, it's possible now. It's just none of Blue Sky's movies were quick on our lists. <laughs> no, all right, all right. Be that, be that way. We'll get to it. Trust me, we will get to it. <laughs> As we say on our other show, we'll get, get there, there when, when we, we get, get there. <laughs> and then we got to talk about the animated movies from the eighties. The yes, 70s. there were animated movies in the I 80s. I know there were animated movies in the <laughs> 80s. And they're drawing... have done a couple of them. I'm curious where this is going, because Blue just, Sky didn't no, have any animated no, no, movies I, in the I'm 80s. No, no, ta- I'm just talking about... Actually, I say that, because here's the thing. Do you know who founded Blue Sky Studios? No, I don't. Six guys, or, sorry, five guys and one lady, who worked for Wait, Mag- Magi uh, in, in the early 80s. Yeah. Who did some of the special effects on Tron? So weirdly, yeah. it's connected. Yeah. All right. That was more a on that. Very later. large circuit exactly. to bring us back to, but it okay, happens. Yeah. it happens. All it right. Does. So, we have anything else to add before we jump into the spoiler-free uh, section? Not that I know of. All right. So we're going to jump into spoiler-free section for the movie Tron. What are your spoiler-free thoughts? My spoiler-free thoughts. I, I think. This- Honestly, really I, I think this 40 is forty year old movie. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, it, it really well, it's uh, what thirty eight years, yeah. you know, thirty thirty nine thirty nine years. It's one of those yeah. where I look at it and go, I'm getting old. <laughs> this movie came out my the same year I was born. Okay, oh yeah, young child, you. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> and I'm worse. <laughs> okay, my thoughts. Uh, I was quite, bo- I was born the year Robotech came out. <laughs> okay, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, my, my thoughts are actually that this is, quite frankly, one of the most creative films ever ever attempted that was successful. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mean it was successful in its day. I mean that, that it has withstood the test of time and has been, been very successful in regards to, to what it is as a movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the, vis- the visuals that they created... Were, were not only unique, they've never been replicated. It, it really for a very good reason. Well, so yes, we'll get into yes, that. yes. Uh, but I, I don't I don't mean simply how it was done. Yes. I just mean that the art style, the mm-hmm. the creativeness, the uh, and what they were endeavoring to do, and I'll talk about that more later during our spoiler section. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's it's an astounding movie. It's an absolutely astounding movie. It has a level of creativity in it that you just flat out do not see. In other modern movies, with with bigger budgets and more, you know, That's special true. effects. Mm-hmm. So, just a quick question before we move on to Jacob: When was the first time you saw this movie? I was probably ten years old. My mother had married my stepfather, and uh, he had this movie. and And of course, as a ten year old, eleven year old kid, the Tron cover caught my eye because that that you know it, yeah. it was it was a live action movie that that had a a cartoony cover mm-hmm. and i was kind of like well what is this and he said that's tron and he put it on and oh that was amazing <laughs> right so Jesus my my, my 10 11 year old brain was just blown i can imagine that ah. so jacob this is your first viewing of this yes, movie correct it is. tell us what you think honestly i was blown away by it the the fact that like 
Like you have how many seconds? It was like maybe like a minute and a half of animation. Twenty minutes total for the entire movie of computer generated. Yeah, computer generated. That's that's incredible for a movie in that early the eighties. I really should say computer generated imagery. We'll get to that. Yeah, but the the fact of like how they like they they use every trick in the book to create this film, and it has a very interesting story. It has now for. If you're if you're not taking it for the time period which it was created, you watch it now. It's like man, this is the most like janky movie ever. But if you're taking it for just consideration, the creativity in this movie, it's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible how this movie is made. Um, and it's sad that and we'll get into this more in info and stuff that it it bombed in the theaters and. It later on gave a life of its own in a v- in its uh, distribution. Yeah, but overall, it's it's a f- it's a phenomenal film visually. Uh, I have a few problems story beat wise, but other than that, it's a, it's a really good movie. I didn't see this movie until about fifteen years ago, and I've probably seen it about five times now. And I kind of want to make it a sixth. Uh, <laughs> Good man, good man. We'll do that later. Uh, I know the first time I watched it, it was more, it was after I had heard this new movie was coming out called Tron Legacy. Mm. And I knew nothing about what Tron Legacy was going to be. I knew nothing about Tron. I just knew it was this thing. I had played the level in Kingdom Hearts. That tells you nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, it's, that's the thing. I played the first, because the way that game is set up, the first half, has almost nothing to do with the movie. The second one, I have, at least you are fighting the climax of the movie. Yeah. So there is that at least. But I mean, I just remember this being a goofy looking thing and I just did not get the first time I watched it. I didn't get it. Okay. I can't tell you why I didn't get, it, but I remember I enjoyed it. Okay. I liked it. And so I, I watched it again, like right before Tron legacy came out and I was into it more. And then was disappointed by Tron legacy, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sleep in the watch the film. Uh, and it's, then I it's, think good. It, it's good. It's good. It's just not couple, the original. Right. And I've seen it a couple more times since then. But this one, this time I was watching it and I somehow it blew me away more this time than any of the other four times I've watched it. Well, and maybe it's because I'd done some reading. Right. And right. saw how much work went into this movie. But this is a wholly, wholly unique movie. For more reasons than one, and it's, when you get right down to it, I can tell you the reason I don't like Tron Legacy as much as I like this, and that's because Tron Legacy is not this. It's its own thing, too, if we're being honest. But it is. It is. This, to me, is the better movie, and I enjoy it. For if for no other reason, this is, it has a good, serious story, and it's cheesy and popcorn-y fun, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And plus, I grew up, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't around for the computer games or this era, but there's still enough of that nostalgia for that, for games of this era that I kind of make me feel warm and fuzzy. Mm. So yeah, that is my thoughts on this. Uh, do we have anything else before we uh, hit the CGC bumper and head into our spoiler section? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just one quick note. Uh, there are only two viewers left guys. I'm, I'm, I've gotten rid of most of your audience. <laughs> What's crazy is they've come in and out yes. a couple times. Yeah. So, all right, all right. All right. So, two, two of y'all, I have to run off left. Okay. Yeah. I'm working on it. 
Actually, I don't think you run one of them off. I think he had to go get ready for his own thing here in about 45 minutes. Ah, uh, poor guy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, join us on the other side of the bumper, and we will get to spoiling this thing. Yep. Ray. Riff, riff, wrong. Okay. Risk Progress is a part of Christian Reek Central Network. Riff, 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 wrong, wrong. Hey, Scoop. What are you doing, man? I don't know. I'm supposed to be reading an ad. <laughs> All right, hold on. Give me, give me it. We're okay. <laughs> All right. This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. There you can find a collection of blogs and podcasts working together to bring you some of the best content on the web for Christian geeks, such as the Untold Podcast. Engaging the culture's imagination, the Untold Podcast presents free speculative fiction every month from a Christian worldview. The Untold Podcast aims to recapture the power of story and use the weirder genres to do it. Science fiction, fantasy, horror, and supernatural stories serve as metaphors for our lives. The distant star systems, the shining nights, the abominable yetis, and the ghosts remind us of our own struggles, triumphs, and losses. Each month features a new story in flash fiction presented in a unique and dynamic way. The producer and narrator of the podcast is Nathan James Norman, an author, pastor, and theologian living in northern Michigan. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Tron. Listener discretion is advised. Tron was written and directed by Steven Lisberger. And the main thing I saw that he had done besides this was something called the Animalympics, which yeah. was the apparently. So, you know, in the 1980s, we technically didn't go to the Olympics because we were boycotting mm-hmm. somebody. That we were boycotting the Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually the remember Animal that. Olympics <laughs> were, the Animal Olympics were aired in their place. Pretty much. How interesting. Yes. <laughs> and you can go and watch it. It's like two hours because it's a movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah it, was a, it, it was a weird thing. I've watched part of it. It's weird. <laughs> uh, it was also written by Bonnie McBird, who uh, she wrote a documentary in 2002 called Squeakers, which was a documentary about teaching math and science using computers. And that is the only other thing she's done. Wow. <laughs> she was the one who did the screenplay for this. And then Charles S. Haas, he wrote the story that this is all based on. Or not the, the, the story the script, the screenplay is based on. And the only other thing he had written of any note was Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Okay, I happen to like that movie. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> But a funny still, movie it's like you look at it and you go, this explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> And well, yet it also does not explain a lot. Well, you, you, you have a group of people that were uncontaminated by previous movie-making yes, experience. Yes, true. Yes. No and, one and could tr- tell them no. Right. And, and for this movie, that was essential. Now, there is one person who actually did work on some other things. Okay. Hmm. This was actually one of her last things that she did, and that was Wendy Carlos, who did the music. She previously composed the music in The Shining. Ooh. Okay. Also, Journey did two songs. Only Solutions, and 1990s theme. Well, I'll be darned. Hmm. Huh. I'll have to go look those up. Yes. Uh, getting into the cast, Kevin Flynn and Clue was played by Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is, of course, the dude in The Big Lebowski. <laughs> 
And he played Prince Lear in The Last Unicorn, which we still need to do. Yes. I, Al- did, I did not know he did Prince Lear in The yeah, Last yes. Unicorn. I'll be darned. I huh. had to look for animated stuff because he doesn't have a lot. Right, right. Yeah. But I didn't know he did that. Right. Uh, Alan Bradley and Tron were played by Bruce Boxleitner. Yeah. And I had to include Captain John Sheridan in Babylon 5 because I knew you were on the show. Oh, yes, yes. I would have made a point if you had not mentioned that. I figured. Also, did you know there was a How the West Was Won TV series? I did not. No. He played uh, Luke McCain in that. Okay. Well, a lot of the the older actors got started in Hollywood Mm -hmm. in his westerns. Mm -hmm. So. So Ed Dillinger, Sark, and the Master Control Program were played by David Warner. Mm Mm-hmm. He played Spicer Lovejoy in Titanic. However, I think all three of us know him better as Chancellor Gorkon in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Ah, true. Laura and Yori played Cindy Morgan, was played by Cindy Morgan. She played a character named Lacey Underall in Caddyshack, and that's really all I could find for her. Wow, okay. Dr. Walter Gibbs and Dumont and... The version of the MCP we see at the end of the end after the uh, yeah I was, I was wondering who that mm-hmm. was yeah uh, he, uh, he they were played he was played by Bar- Bernard Hughes who played the grandpa in Lost Boys oh my gosh oh okay one, okay. one of my one of my now favorite all time yeah. eighties mm-hmm. movies yes Ram and the popcorn coworker was played by Dan Shore and he played Billy the Kid in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, well, okay. I'll be darned. Small, okay. small gotcha. world. Crom was played by Peter Jurisic. And if I said that wrong, I expect you to tell, to tell me better because you know him as Londo Malari in Babylon 5. Oh, my gosh. I did not realize that. And Bit was played by a Votrax speech synthesizer by Votrax International. And that voice was used in Type and Talk software and the Unix speak command. Wow. And there was only one Kingdom Hearts connection for this, and that was Bruce Boxleitner, who reprised his role as Tron in Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. Ah, okay. No one from, uh, well, that's Tron Legacy. We won't go into that. (laughs) What do we got in Influence Stuff? All right, so Influence Stuff. You can currently watch this movie on Disney+. Plus. Rating-wise, it is a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. IMDb. Thank you. I knew I was going to get that wrong. I always do. Uh, it has a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes and 69% of an audience score. Production companies was the Walt Disney Walt Disney Productions. Like Bachner, how do you pronounce that? Wasn't it Lisberger? Lisberger. Lisberger Casser Production. Uh, distribution by Bonavista Distribution. Mm-hmm. It was released on July 9th, 1982. It had a budget of $17 million. It's opening weekend. It made four million dollars. That could be better. It could be a lot better. Uh, I wish it was a lot better. Yeah, uh, its U.S. domestic gross was thirty-three million dollars. Its worldwide gross was only fifty million dollars. Hmm. And so, yeah, it sounds like it made a budget, but it financially it failed. Right. Because right. You're, yeah. you're looking at promotions, you're looking at everything in order to get this movie out in theaters and. It, it, it makes a lot of sense because of what kind of movie this is, and mm-hmm. we're talking 1982. Yes. Mm-hmm. People in 1982 did not know what computers were. 
That is true. That is very true. And, and that brings up some points that I will get into later. All right. All right. So going forward, uh, Tron was originally released on VHS, Betamax, Laserdisc, and one I have never heard of, CED Video uh, Disc. I know this. It's uh, is that Laserdisc. No, no, it's a capacitance disc. It's a okay. It was it one of the. It was one of those formats. It was one of those transit. Yeah, long. it was one of those transitory technologies that I didn't you. last. Uh, in 1983, it, it did worse than Betamax. Ooh, oh, ouch! Wow. There's like Chihuahua. not that many movies that were released on it. Mm. All right. So by 1992, Toronto grossed its budget back in $17 million in video rentals. So Tron saw its first time on DVD on March 19th, 1998. Mm-hmm. In 2002, the, the, the film was released on the 20th anniversary on a, a two-disc DVD set and a special DVD release for the first time on Blu-ray on April 5th, 2011. Uh, which was subtitled the original classic, mm-hmm. and then later on, uh, it was released on a five-disc Blu-ray combo with 3D and cl- uh, for uh, Tron Legacy. It ah. was it was um, it, the you know, the film was re- re-released on Blu-ray and DVD on the UK for two in 2011. So yeah, this movie's it's it's been through the ringer and it's definitely made its back money back with its um, its cult status as a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, following its sequels, because it actually does sequels, uh, you have Tron. I would hope so. Yeah, Tron Rise Uprising, which is the animated series, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very good. Um, takes place between takes place during the time period between the first two films, and then you have in 2010 with its sequel, a Tron Legacy. Yes, and, and also there has a, been a long-running announcement for Tron Three that has never technically been uh, canceled. Right. Yeah, yeah, we're waiting on that one. So I have a bad feeling we're gonna have to wait a while, even yeah, though I yeah. want it out right now. <laughs> I would go to I'd, I would go to a uh, infected theater to uh, to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I would go to an infected theater for a lot less. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so getting into the summary. Kevin Flynn is a leading software engineer formerly employed by the computer corporation Encom, who now runs a video game arcade and attempts to hack into Encom's mainframe system. However, Encom's Master Control Program, or MCP, halts his progress. Within Encom, programmer Alan Bradley and his girlfriend, engineer Laura Baines, discover that the MCP has closed off their access to projects. When Alan confronts the senior executive vice president, Ed Dillinger, Dillinger claims that the security measures are an effort to stop outside hacking attempts. However, when Dillinger privately questions the MCP through his computerized desk, which is awesome, Mm -hmm. he realizes the MCP has expanded into a powerful virtual intelligence and has become power hungry, illegally appropriating personal, business, and government programs to increase its own capabilities. The MCP blackmails Dillinger with information about his plagiarizing Flynn's games if he does not comply with its directives. Laura deduces that Flynn is the hacker, and she and Alan go to the arcade to warn him. Flynn reveals that he has been trying to locate evidence proving Dillinger's plagiarism, which launched Dillinger's rise in the company. Together, the three form a plan to break into Encom and unlock Alan's Tron program, a self-governing security measure designed to protect the system and counter the functions of the MCP. Once inside Encom, the three split up, and Flynn comes into direct conflict with the MCP, communicating with his terminal. 
Before Flynn can get the information he needs to reveal Dillinger's acts, the MCP uses an experimental laser to digitize and download Flynn into NCOM's mainframe cyberspace, where programs are living entities appearing in the likeness of the human users, programmers, who created them. Flynn learns that the MCP and its second-in-command, Sark, rule and coerce programs to renounce their belief in the users. The MCP forces programs that resist to play in deadly games and begins pitting Flynn in duels. Flynn meets other captured programs, Ram and Tron, between matches. Partnered, the three escape into the mainframe using a light cycle, an arcade game Flynn is skilled at, probably because he programmed it, match, but Flynn and Ram become separated by Tron and an MCP, MCP pursuit party. While attempting to help Ram, who has wound, was wounded in the pursuit, Flynn learns that he can manipulate portions of the mainframe by accessing his programmer knowledge. Ram recognizes Flynn as a user and encourages him to find Tron and free the system before derezzing. Using his new ability, Flynn rebuilds a vehicle and disguises himself as one of Sark's soldiers. Tron enlists help from Yori, a sympathetic program, and an, an I.O. tower receives information from Alan necessary to destroy the MCP. Flynn rejoins them and the three board a hijacked solar sailor to reach the MCP's core. However, Sark's command ship destroys the sailor, capturing Flynn and Yori and presumably killing Tron. Sark leaves the command ship and orders its de-resolution, but Flynn keeps it intact by again manipulating the mainframe. While Sark reaches the MCP's core on a shuttle carrying captured programs. While the MCP attempts to absorb captive programs, Tron, who turns out to have survived, confronts Sark and critically injures him, prompting the MCP to give him all its functions. Realizing that his ability to manipulate the mainframe gives Tron an opening, Flynn leaps into the beam of the MCP, distracting it. Seeing the break in the MCP shield, Tron attacks through the gap and destroys the MCP and Sark, ending the MCP's control over the mainframe and allowing the captured programs to communicate with users again. Flynn reappears in the real world, rematerialized at his terminal. Tron's victory in the mainframe has released all lockouts on computer access and a nearby printer produces the evidence that Dillinger has plagiarized Flynn's creations. The next morning, Dillinger enters his office to find the MCP deactivated and the proof of his theft publicized. Flynn is subsequently promoted to CEO of NCOM and is happily greeted by Alan and Laura as their new boss. So getting into the trivia for this, <coughs> just as a quick guess, how many uh, animation companies do you think worked on this? Uh, I know a company in Taiwan did because there's mm -hmm. quite a few Taiwan credits. Yeah, yes. Uh, I, I think they did the bulk work. Um, they I did have, all the two D work. I have no idea. How there many... were a total of five animation companies that worked. Wow, on that is nuts. wow. That's that crazy. would be uh, Information International Incorporated of Culver City, California, which created the MCP, Sark's Carrier, and the Solar Sailor. Uh, Magi of Elmsford, New York, which created the Light Cycle sequence. Clues Tank, and the Recognizer Pursuit scene. Robert Abel and Associates of California, which created the real world to game grid transition effects. And Digital Effects of New York City, which animated Bit and created the Tron creation sequence at the beginning of the movie. And, and what's astounding is to bring that many different talented groups together to create a harmonious art style. And mm -hmm. I would like to point out that all the computers they used if you were to combine them all together, would have less processing power than the than the cell phone I'm reading these notes off of. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, makes sense. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one of the uh, Wang Film Productions did all the 2D animation, including 
all of the background plates mm-hmm. and all of the backlit animation. Okay. Mm. Now, backlit animation, I'm sure you're like me, had no idea what that was. So what they did for this film is when they're in, for all the in-computer sequences, all the actors wore a white jumpsuit with the circuitry being black. Mm-hmm. The sets were black with white accents. And this was filmed in black and white. Yes. Transferred to a high contrast black and white film that's about the size of this table. Mm-hmm. Then they would composite the shots that way with the colors shining up through a light table mm-hmm. to get the light coming through the circuitry. That's why you kind of get that weird little... I don't, the best way I know how to describe it is the light in those circuitries never matches the light anywhere else in the film, well, which it, it is all, a cool effect. It, it also explains the dimness of the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there's a lot of more grain on the actors than there is anywhere else in that the film. Yeah, yeah. In those sequences. <laughs> uh, in fact, all of the actors, they had to print the, 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 the all the footage of them onto s- animation cells. Mm-hmm. There were three plates, one of the human, one of their bodies, one of their face, and one of their eyes, so that each one could be lit differently, so they would have, so it would look better on uh, screen. Gotcha. Makes sense. And all that had to be animated like traditional cell animation. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. This was a tedious movie to make. Yes. Yeah. So, and also you'll note that there's none of the 3D and 2D imagery is on screen at the same time. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. There's only 15 to 20 minutes of computer animation. At the time, computers couldn't only create static images and not put them in motion. Yes. All the coordinates for each object had to be entered by hand for each frame. And it took 600 of these coordinates to get four seconds of film. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And, uh... So so this this was a... And there's a little... I'm going to get into just a touch more trivia... You'll know, uh, those of you watching on the live stream, you'll know I've got a little Pac-Man guy right over here. He has a cameo. Yes. More, yes, than, he, more, than, yes, ju- more than just <laughs> the sound effects in Flynn's Arcade. Yes. He is on the wall uh, in, uh, in the command in, carrier. In the, in the command yeah. carrier, yes. which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing that. Actually, that's not the only little uh, Easter egg. There's a lot of Easter eggs, but that's yeah. the most obvious one to uh, find. My, my, favorite, my, my favorite Easter egg was uh, when, uh, when uh, Bruce Boxletner goes to uh, his office. Oh, yes. And on, on the, the side of his mm-hmm. office... Is Barata Nikto? Uh, uh, anyway, it's yeah. It's, the, it's from the, when it, the Earth stood still. Yeah, it's which is one of my favorite old sci-fi movies. Oh yes, really? I, yeah. Would you believe I've not watched either of those movies? May, may I? May I? I'm not going to watch strongly. The new one. <laughs> may, no, 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 I'm no, not going to no, watch no, the new one. I no, know better. No, go the back. Proof what? that the new one is bad is the fact that the only way you could buy it was to also buy it in a combo pack with the old one. Wow. Huh. Okay. So yes, take take the time. Go watch the original, The Day the Earth Stood F- Still. It is one of the most classic black and white sci-fis of all time. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's withstood the test of time. It's really withstood the test of time. I believe the phrase you were looking for was Klaatu Barata Nikto. Yes, Klaatu Barata Nikto. Yes, how could I forget mm. that? I had to stop and think about it. Well, I, yeah. And think back to evil. Yes, but that was right there on on the side of his. Yeah, so that was that was one of those good Easter eggs. Yes, and also we can't forget the uh, the always very famous hidden Mickey. Oh yes, there's a major hidden Mickey in this one. Huge. Okay, what's the hidden Mickey? Okay, huh? when they're in the solar sailor. Yeah. That first scene and the 
you see the solar sailor move from the left hand side of the screen to the right, and the whole and the camera pans to follow. Uh-huh. Look at the ground, and there is a very detailed oh. silhouette of Mickey Mouse's head mm-hmm. while he's in mid speech. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah it is the good. best hidden Mickey you will ever find because it's it is there. You would not see it if you didn't know to look for it, but it's painfully obvious yes. when you know to look for I it. I am gonna have to go back and watch this. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, other lo- just other bits of information the uh because of the way this the filming worked it would take mo- most of those shots with the backlit animation i would take about 12 passes on mm-hmm. on the uh camera for the yeah. composite it, except for the interior of the tank mm. 50 passes oh. to get all that and, and wow. the interiors of the tank are some of the best shots yes. in my opinion those were great shots also, they were. also the uh coloration of blue for the good guys and red for the bad guys was not uh set in stone during the early parts of filming that's why clue is red at the beginning of the movie well well actually he's orange He's orange. It, it, well, yeah, he is orange, but the tank is red. When other, if at the end he would, it, it should be blue in both cases. Yeah. Also, some of the good program, also some of the programs working on Sark's carrier are kind of a teal green. Well, mm. the, so so are all the tank crews. Yeah, tank because crews. Were all, all that green. was filmed before they decided that the or the the animation was done before they decided that the the character uh, that blue was good and red was bad. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I like it because it added a little bit more diversity and yeah. and. You got the idea was, that there was more than actually. That's that's one of the hidden gems of this film is is it suggests a larger world than we get to see. Mm-hmm. True. There are there are a number of scenes where uh, you know characters are introduced or shown and suggested, and you, you kind of want to know more about them, but they deny you getting to see them. Yes. Mm. And and I, I like that. I like that because it suggests a much larger world than what the camera shows us. Mm. So was that going to be your first like? No, not at all. Okay, well then why don't you give us your well, first like? Okay, well, you got something. Well, I do have one something. Okay, well very early on in production, like they said, be like they shot in like black with white. Mm-hmm. They actually beginning they did the reverse. It was white with black. Well, yeah, because they had the, to, well, but it, it was still black and white film. Yes, I agree with you. But the set itself was yeah highly lit. So. They, well, because that's right. Because they were going to, they wanted it to match. Uh, what was that movie? Uh, THX eleven thirty eight. That's yes. what they were. They're, they're, they want. Exactly. They were inspired by. T, that was the one inspiration I could find. Is it was inspired by THX eleven thirty eight, which was that first film that George Lucas did. Mm-hmm. But they found that was too expensive to light that way, so they switched it. Yeah, <laughs> and you know one of the reasons and why they switched it. It's easier to animate, and plus they had a burnout. That wouldn't surprise me. The, the, they they blew a breaker. They didn't blow just their breaker. They blew the entire Los Angeles area's breaker. Nice. <laughs> they yeah. were using that much power. I assume they were told not to do that again. That's yeah. why they switched to black with exactly. white accents. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my so, yeah, my your first, first like my first like. Um. So th- this was a hard pick because mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a huge fan of this film, uh, and you'll that will definitely come out if you don't figure out why I talk about it right now from how I rate it. Um. So my first major like, and, and the reason this is my major like, is that I really feel that this one moment is the defining moment in the entire movie. Okay. And mm-hmm. I promise you, you both missed it. Okay. Okay. Shoot. It, it's the door. Which door? The door. The giant. Oh, the mass, big door. The big door. I remember that when 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 they opened the big door. And, oh and, yes. Yes. And I'm I'm to telling because pre- there because of because of the laser I assume. 
well, we're not really told why that is. Yes, and outside of the Cold War. Right. Well, yeah. actually, and that's what it is. It, it, that has got to be a nuclear blast door. Oh, there, yeah. There's, there's mm-hmm. no other explanation for a five-foot-thick door. Okay, but but the reason I'm telling you that that is the pivotal moment in this movie is that door defines this whole movie. Okay, because okay. that is a that is a door that you cannot open by force. That is a door specifically designed not to be opened by a nuclear blast. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Flynn opens it with a two ounce electronic card, mm-hmm. and well, that and is brilliant, and yeah. and it begins to show that the computer age is arriving. And it's going to change how we do everything. Yeah. Ooh, okay. That that's brilliant. Because what did, what does Flynn say right after that? They never should have fired me. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's the entire point. But it's also telling the audience because the you have to understand this is 1982, mm-hmm. and the audience does not understand computers. No. And they don't understand computers in 1999. I was working in an electronic retail store in 1999. I'd be and willing to say they don't understand computers in 2021. Well, they don't. But. They don't. But, but, but at least now we know what they can do. But in, even in 1999, the majority of Americans were getting their very first computers and didn't really know what you do with a computer except the grandkids wanted you to get on the Internet and email them. Um, but in 1982... Nobody's talking internet. Nobody's talking computers. Mm-hmm. You know, computers are still this weird thing that nobody knows what to do with. And this movie is telling us for the very first time that computers open massive doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they do things that, that human beings could not previously do. And that computers are very important. And that's why the door is my first major pick. Okay. Because that door represents the future. And computers, and only computers, can open it. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Really, this, that's that's deep. That is incredibly yeah. deep. Kind of kind of adding to that scene. It's deeper it's, than we normally are. It's <laughs> so deep. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. That was incredible. I think the last time we were this deep was when I brought up the red light in Goofy movie. <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, apparently, during the back during the uh, the making of the film. The uh, the actress who be like what was her name? Uh, the main actress. Yeah, get back up there. Uh, Cindy Morgan. Cindy Morgan. Okay, so during production, they apparently there was a like a uh, like a nuclear spill, like someone had spilled some nuclear waste, and so it was close to that big blast door. So they had roped the area off, what have you. And so Cindy apparently is not paying attention to what she's doing, and she steps into the hazard area. And so she has. And then to, she couldn't film the rest of the movie. <laughs> well, she she That's had to wait. Should have been. She had to wait forty five minutes standing completely still until they completely cleared off her clothing for forty five minutes. I thought that was fascinating. Well, that was the Cold War for you. That, yeah, yeah, that is pretty so much. true. That is so true. Nuclear weapons aren't fun. <laughs> no, they're not. Definitely when you get them on your clothes. So my first like for this movie is going to have to be the music mm. throughout mm. the entire movie. This is some... I, mean, I am not a humongous fan of synthesizer music because mm. most of the time it sounds... Well, to me, it sounds boring most of the time, believe it or not. But I, I I prefer stuff with more melody and stuff. But this thing it has melody. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is stuff I can hum along to regularly. Some of the, some some movie scores that you really can't do that with. 
but there is this is a this is a fun score both uh at, at least the uh the one journey song i recognize the only solutions was a, a nice little rocking song mm-hmm. you can hear you hear it when they're in the arcade is when you yeah hear okay, it. okay 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 yeah, that's the main place you hear that one but uh and of course i love the arcade I wish I had that arcade. Yeah, I wish I had been. I, I wish I had <laughs> wish been old, I had access to that arcade. <laughs> I, I wish I had been old enough in the '80s to go to an arcade because I wish the, there were arcades when I was growing up. Yeah, because they were already gone by that time. Right, they were. That was yeah. that was a thing of the past. Yeah, but I'm mean, outside of the at the uh, pizza parlor. But anyway, and I think it was an old old one. Anyway, I love the music in this. It's a it's night. It's a lot of fun music and. It, it sets the mood. It, sets it the mood. really sets it, the mood. So, and it, while it is synthesizer, I swear they got an orchestra playing along with it. I can't <laughs> tell you how that how they worked that. Um, I can't even tell you they did that. Yeah. Except I think I saw well, a Disney would Phil Harmonic cert- Orchestra listed well, in the credits. Disney would have access to that. So. It, would. it would. But I mean, it's it's it was really really good music, and I I enjoyed the heck out of it. Hmm. All Your right. First so like, Jacob. My first like would be. The visual creativity of this film. Mm. You, you have so Absolutely. much of, like, yes, you have so many minutes of, like, what was it, 15? It was like 15 minutes. 15 to of, 20 minutes. I could not get any place to actually yeah. pin that down to but, an exact number. Yeah, but uh, watching the film, the, the first thing that really hit me was the, uh, the tank scene mm-hmm. where you have, it'd be like, you go inside the tank and it's this rotating, uh, rotating 360 degree scene. Where you have be like you're you're using having to use backlighting effect and visual like st- um, practical practical effects and just the the amount of detail they went into this oh, and yeah. the fact that they had to go and matte paint every single scene in mm-hmm. order to ha- bring the uh, the color into it mm-hmm. because there again everything was shot in black and white just the the amount of detail and just care and love they put into this film. Is absolutely breathtaking. Uh, now, if you're someone from like an early, a, a later generation that's watching this movie, it's just like, man, this looks boring. This looks like a boring film, and I I, I can't you know deny you that. But but I understanding, I don't know how you could think this. Boring, is, no, it's an action film. It's yeah, it's not it's boring. Colorful. It's, it's, it's far very more, colorful. I agree. Yeah. Far more colorful than Legacy is. I, yes. I, yes, actually, Legacy was more black and white. Yeah. Hmm. For a reason, who knows? Either way, uh, I just the visual storytelling of this film, of how they created it, how like like how many companies were involved in this movie, mm-hmm. and just it was so incredibly uh, just watching it, watching the the story unfold. Definitely w- when you're within the uh, the world of the computer, is just mind blowing how detailed they got in. Definitely for a film in 1982. And it was just there again, mind blowing. So yeah, the the visual effects of this film is just mind blowing. Okay, all right. Your all, second like. All is. right, my second like uh, has to be the world building. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and again, this this kind of dovetails back to my first like, but it's it's simply this that nobody knows what a computer is. Nobody knows how they work. Right. And Tron is is the movie that takes us inside a computer. And it doesn't really explain how computers work, but when you get done with the movie, you kind of feel like you know how computers work. They they they're no so longer you actually a, pick up a computer textbook. Are, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But but they, but but this movie, in a way, made computers 
an everyday thing. You have to understand, mm-hmm. in 82, people, not everybody owned a computer. It's going to be it's going to be almost twenty years before oh, everybody yeah. in America owns a computer, mm-hmm. and and so Tron was the first one that demystified mm-hmm. computers, and and made them it made them relatable. It was the first movie that made computers relatable, and I, I really think that there was probably a driving vision behind for that very purpose because that's mm-hmm. no accident. It's no accident that Tron demystifies computers, uh, and and makes them relatable and 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 cool. Uh, and I think that's because whoever wrote this understood that, that mm-hmm. computers were going to be the future. They may not have understood how they were going to be the future, but they also knew that they needed to get people to stop being scared of them because people yeah. were scared of computers in the 80s. Nobody knew what computers... And, and point of fact, we see some of that early fear in the MCP, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I wish more people would pay attention to that now that we're actually trying to develop artificial intelligence. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So my second like is got to be the light cycle sequence. Oh yes, that is a fun trip. That if the, mm. you want to talk about something I want to see in theaters again, it's this light cycle sequence. Mm-hmm. I saw the other one. It's not as interesting to me as one, one in Legacy, but this one you're going. Oh, I actually feel the tension yeah. in this scene. <laughs> yeah, because all the you don't know when that when that light cycle is going to take a ninety degree turn in front of you. Yeah, and when it happens, you're dead. <laughs> well, and the, and the fact that they are taking ninety degree Sorry, turns, you're yes. derezzed. You're, you're derezzed. Yeah, derezzed. But no, you are actually are taking ninety degree turns. Oh which, yeah. yeah, which keeps reinforcing that. Oh, this is a computer. Yes. Uh huh. Now the thing that kills it for me is when you see the screen form of it there at the beginning, and you realize it's snake. <laughs> That's okay. But I can live with that because inside the game, it's like, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> Well, and you get Jeff Bridges' little comment on the other side of the screen. It's yes. so much easier. So, yeah, and it is. <laughs> and I, I love how, they, how their escape from the game grid that way, where you get this. What's really cool about that scene is you can act, if you're actually watching, you can see the whole form as it goes deep, deeper in. Yeah. It's not just hit and, oh, there's a hole there, which is yeah, the first yeah. thought when you look yeah, at it. Right. But if you're watching, you can see the gradation go all the way out. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, it's that a, took work. That's a, yes, it's a tunnel. It it's, it's a massive tunnel. They actually tunnel. made a tunnel, and it works. It's not... Admittedly, I look at this, and my brain is thinking reboot logic, the show. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Which didn't have this budget. <laughs> and so if they did that, it really would just be a hole that shows up because they ran into a wall. No, this, you can actually see that the remains of that light cycle tunnel all the way through the wall before it goes off into the deep, dark abyss of whatever that is. Yes. <laughs> Falls off the hard drive, let's it's say. It's a null sector. Null sector. Yeah, null sector. Null That's sector. what that is. Okay. Um. <laughs> Jacob, since Drew's laughing. All right. <laughs> yeah, what is your second like? My second like would be uh, Rams. Um, what is terminology for their their death? Derez. Derez. His his Derez was he uh, was touching. It was touching the mm-hmm. fact that like, that was a very touching scene. It was. The, and and a lot of movies don't have touching death scenes. Yeah. No. It's especially when you realize he realizes he's met his god. Yeah. In essence. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And and I don't know. I I didn't really care for Ram through the whole movie until he dies. Yeah, that's really like ninety percent of the reason for his character. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. But I'm I'm just simply saying, as a character, he didn't really register mm-hmm. until he died. And when he died, it was like, wow, that was an awesome guy. 
Yeah. And I didn't like him until he died, which is sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I found his de-resing just very touching and very moving. The the fact to be like, uh, Ram is simply just a program. He's a program that has been programmed to do something mm-hmm. that has been hijacked in a way mm-hmm. to be... Uh, well, he was a... He was, he was a, an accounting program. He, he, was, he was an accounting Yeah, program. he was an account... He worked for an insurance company. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how he knew about all that, I don't know, <laughs> but, but anyway... Yeah, it's like, I don't think programs work that way. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But if anything, bit. you should just be an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. But but he was still, you know, it was yeah. relatable. He was relatable. Yeah. He well, was, there, there is a bit of creative liberty with these characters. Yes. To make it, oh, that's what kind of program you are. Okay. Right, and right. Plus, he, this is still the age when computers are a form of magic in many ways. Oh, uh, that, well, as you said, that still persists today with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can anybody tell me exactly how accessing the internet and getting information from the internet works? Well, there's a TCP IP <laughs> protocol, and it puts it into little bracket, little packets about, you know, was it like 32 kilobytes long? And I do actually know more than I, than y'all probably care. Yes, you do. <laughs> is, it, is it just like just push enter? All I know is cat pictures. Uh, <laughs> Now, now, if Tron Three comes out, there needs to be a whole complaint about cat pictures. There really does. <laughs> yes, that will that would make no, the, that would the make sad it all. Thing is, is, I'm afraid Tron Three has come out, and we called it Ralph breaks the internet. I could go with this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you gave your third like. Second. Yes. Second like. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. So now we do have to talk about things we don't like about the movie. Yes. Your first okay. This case. this this was hard because again, this is one of my all time favorite movies. It's a childhood favorite, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's not a perfect movie. And and there's things that I wanted more of. And one of the things that I wanted more of, I wanted more bit. Yes, bit, mm. bit had a bit part, and <laughs> <laughs> he nice, did. Nice. He really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I wanted to see more of bit. You know. Because Bit obviously had a personality, and he had intelligence. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how that intelligence was communicated through yes and no. But mm. I wanted more Bit, and, and I, really felt like, I really felt like he was introduced more as a concept than a character, even mm-hmm. though he obviously was a character. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted him to do more. I personally think he, that character was introduced with the idea of it being a bigger character mm-hmm. until they had to animate it. Okay, I could possibly see that. Because yeah. even though it's a simple animation compared to some of the other things in this, it's a lot of animation or, still to keep it on screen for so long. And yeah. Like we said, you can't have Bit and him on screen at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Because so tech breaking technology. Right. Well, is I, that unfortunate? Mm, but that, but, that's but even, even, even when he shows up in the second one, mm-hmm. he's not around very long. And, right. And I didn't appreciate that either, so... Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to see more bit. Okay. Bit was interesting. And, and, and I don't know. Okay. My first dislike is a nitpick beyond all nitpicks. Here's the thing. When the MCP talks to Dillinger, I can work it into my mind that there are speakers worked into that desk because obviously he's got the big money. His, terminal has all the bells and whistles i can kind of get that some experimental sound technology is built into that desk for that time period Uh, in order to synthesize the mcp's voice if i become a mega ceo i want that desk true i want that (laughs) desk without that but anyway what i'd like to know 
is how is that MCP's voice working at her workstation down by the laser? You shouldn't be able to hear his voice down there. No. no. That is a limitation of the hardware, which the MCP can't really help. And yet you hear his voice perfectly. Like yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I can buy into the fact that maybe Dillinger has something where you can hear the voice. Can't really buy that into the exper- down by the experimental laser. Espe- yeah. Especially when it's talking to you conversationally. Yeah. Yes. It's not computerized speech there. That is a conversational no. statement. Mm-hmm. Sit right there, Flynn. Make yourself comfortable. comfortable. You and know, you get the feeling down there that he can hear Flynn talk. Which, why would you have a microphone down there by the giant laser? Uh, right. No Honestly, idea. Honestly, why is her only terminal in direct aim of that laser? That's a good mm. question. Right well, there. Uh, that I would like to think she had other terminals she plot, could use. Plot point. Plot point. Yeah. Uh, I know, and, and that's the only reason it's there. Is a, it's a plot I, point. I wish they'd have said. We'll use my terminal that's down there because if we go up there where Alan is, you'll get caught and thrown out of the building. That would make more sense, right? Because I assume she's got a computer. But it's up still, there it's in, still, in the, in the, uh, it still floor. doesn't answer why the laser is pointed or square at your back. Because that's a good because, because because that's a, that's an OSHA violation if there ever was one. Yes, yeah, that is. Also, it's called <laughs> plot convenience. I know it's plot. Convenience. Yeah, it's plot convenience, but it is definitely an OSHA but violation. Yes, yeah, <laughs> obvious plot convenience, which you should stay away. from. From when making movies, uh, right? That is true. By the way, do y'all know that's a real laser? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's. I somebody. I looked up somewhere. It says it's the Shiva laser mm-hmm. they use to measure the interior of the sun. So that whole laser complex is a real laser. Yeah, that's really. Why, that's huh. why the big giant door was there in the first place because mm. that was the actual door in that laser complex. Okay, I did not know that. Uh, Interesting. Okay. So they paid a lot of money to be, to be down there to film that. Wow. Hmm. Well, anyway. as, as sets go, you can't ask for more. It was the most realistic set in the movie. Yes. It, strange how that was more realistic than the arcade. Anyway, <laughs> Jacob, all right, all your right. first so dislike. My first dislike. Uh, there again, it's a nitpick, and I, I feel like they didn't flesh this part out, where Flynn becomes the CEO. Okay, the movie's end is rushed. I yeah. agree. Yeah, the, 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 I the, agree. The very end of this film, very, very rushed. It's like, Flynn... Gets out of the computer, and the next thing you know, he's CEO. Yeah, and because Dillinger didn't just become CEO, um, right? But but I, I'm willing to overlook this. And, and, Honestly, and I think that last scene is not important. I, I agree. They could have left that out, and it would have changed nothing about the movie. Right. But they still included it. But it's more satisfying. Yeah, it, yeah. it is more satisfying to I, see him as the CEO. And I agree with you; it doesn't make sense. I agree with you; it's too abrupt. But I still like it, even though I completely agree with your nitpick. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I have not seen Tron Legacy. I don't know if they explain that or not. No. No, there's okay. no explanation. There's but they 20, do follow. There's they a do. 20 year gap. Okay. Yeah. We get one little bit of explanation as to. Just lost track of time. Why? Yeah. We get one explanation as to how that world is working, but that's it. Yeah. Honestly, there's a pretty giant plot element there but i'm not going to go there right now okay yeah, yeah just guys w- just just for the record we're down to one viewer i've got Actually, one more wrong. person to get rid of it's up wrong it two went up to two. Oh, yes. dead gummit <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm trying so, here people right, so i'm trying so when, when i saw that it was just more like okay we need a little more detail here because i know it's the very end of the film <laughs> and I, it was cool seeing flynn come out of the chopper but it was like then why is he ceo that just that that, that I was I was left baffled. I was like, okay, what the world? But 
it was the set of conclusion that the guy who tried so hard to get, you know, the proof he needed, now he's CEO of the company. Mm-hmm. I get it, but how did he become CEO? Right. Well, it's a happy ending. And yeah. and, and honestly, the, if you tried to give that explanation in that short amount of time, yeah. that would have felt even more unsatisfying. Yeah. Agreed. It would, Agreed. It would have felt clunky. Yeah. And so at least this lets you fill in the gap yourself, which mm-hmm. yeah. which I agree there's a gap there, but but it makes for a nice ending. Yes. Agreed. Uh, and, and you have to realize that from the the moment he leaves the computer, this movie just chops off. It does. Yeah, that's Quite really literally. the end of the movie, is when he leaves the computer, and you get he gets they could for me they could have stopped as soon as they printed off the proof, even though I look at that and go, that whole anyone could have typed that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how do you prove that came from the program? Well, because it's in on every mainframe. It's in the mainframe. Yeah, it was just a printout of what the mainframe itself was now displaying. Mm. So, so but the, main, it, yeah, the whole that's just a weird the whole mainframe. Yeah, I agree with because that was my first thought. But then I realized, no, wait a minute. The mainframe is now revealing this information because the master control, control program's gone. Yeah, yeah. So, your second dislike. Sir. Okay, my second dislike is probably my biggest dislike of this whole movie because I think it has a major negative impact on most of the scenes mm-hmm. of the movie. The helmets. The you helmet the hockey helmets. <laughs> yeah, the hockey yes. helmets. <laughs> And and it's the re- one, that's one of the things I actually like about Legacy is they got rid of the helmets. Yes, and that's important because, well, it's the same reason why in anime you can tell characters apart by their hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you do the same thing in real life too. Yeah. And when you just see the faces in some of the action sequences, it's hard to tell who's driving some of the cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only other distinguishing feature you have is the circuitry patterns. Right. Which was I'm glad they did that. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not enough. Yeah. You can't tell in the scene where uh, they're bringing up the bars to start the light cycle sequence. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at that quick, you can't tell who's who. No. You can't no. tell the difference between Flynn, I, Rom, or... I couldn't tell who was driving. or Tron. Yeah. That was my problem through the whole light cycle scene. I want to know who's driving which car, and I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, the, but the helmets really robbed a lot of the characters of personality that they needed. And it was one of the one of the things that they changed in Legacy that I thought was a good move. Mm-hmm. I wonder if part of the reason they decided to cover... Have the helmets... Because even had her, she didn't have the, the girl. She had a had skull a cap. She had a skull yeah. cap. I wonder if because of the high contrast filmmaking process they had to use, they couldn't. Well, that's have possibility. The hair. That's yeah. possibility. I'm wondering if that's a technical problem they had to overcome, yeah. and that's just what they had to do. So anyway, it was one of the. It was just one of those things that I felt detracted from the film, only mm-hmm. because it made it difficult at times to identify the characters. Mm, right now, most I would say ninety percent of the scenes, there's no issue. Right. But but there are those handful of scenes where it's like I can't spot the main character in the line. I can't mm-hmm. spot, you know, there's ten guys. Which one of them's which? It, they they mm-hmm. got a little too similar at times, and that. So that's my complaint. Now that that's still a nitpick. That's an yeah. absolute nitpick. But but it was one of the bigger flaws of the movie. My second dislike is the grid bugs. Really, there is no reason for the grid bugs that work in this story. That's true. That is because true. They, they show up, no purpose. They're on the screen for a grand total of what? 10 seconds? And most of that is their introductory scene? Mm. I like them. The only, they're cool looking. Do yeah, not get me wrong. Cool. But you're right. They're totally But fun. they're completely pointless. Except one line her, of dialogue her, that says... And her one line of dialogue is pointed to explain what you're looking at. Right. Mm. Which is, oh, you know, we'll be, in big, we'll be in big trouble if the grid bugs get us. Well, yeah, how like, are they going to reach you? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> what is... 
And don't get me wrong, the animation is cool, but it's it's when you've been looking at this groundbreaking new 3D computer process, and now you're looking at 2D images that are trying to pretend to be 3D. <laughs> It just stands out like a sore right. thumb. I thought I mean, they were cute. They are cute. Don't get me wrong. They're cute. But I'm looking at it and going, they have no reason to exist. No, no. Their introduction is not as polished as the rest of the movie. And they serve no function. And they serve purpose. no function. Yeah. I'm with you. So, yeah, the grid bugs are one of those things where I look at it, I see the scene, and I just go, but there's but, 10 seconds of my life I'm not getting back. Well, but, 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 but. <laughs> They're also part of something I like about the movie, that the movie suggests this whole world outside of what we get to see. Right, mm. but they're, the entire thing where they're worried about the grid bugs, like we say, is about maybe 10 seconds long mm. at most. Yeah. Introduce the grid bugs when you first get onto the solar sailor so you're running from the grid bugs so they don't catch you, and that's the real big problem with uh, uh, Sark's command ship coming up to catch you. And and because it was slower, the yeah, whole movie yeah. is slower, and and then they it somehow gets ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I I agree. I agree. It's, it's a nitpick. It's one of those things where I will ignore it the next time I watch. Of course. Of, but you'll be thinking about it. Like. You it, it, will be thinking thing about it. It's a bug in the back of my mind. It's a grid like, bug. Yeah, a grid bug. <laughs> I could be going. I could be better. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I I agree. I agree. It's they're totally pointless except for the fact that they add more ambience to the movie sure mm. and, and that's the thing because you kind of get the weird idea this is this whole desert and yeah. that was that was and something it's nice the, to know yeah. there's some life out there even though i have to think this is a computer there has to be a reason for every single object to be there what is the reason for the grid bugs oh wait a minute i actually know this because i just realized this they're computer viruses yes mm -hmm. yes you just never figured that out it never occurred to me but at the same time <laughs> why are they in the desert there's nothing for them to hit out there. That's outside of the passing solar sailor every ah, once every yeah, every five yeah, seconds, switching a computer is actually longer than real life. Yeah, yeah, no idea, no idea. All right. Anyway, Jacob. All right, my second dislike would be now. Grant, this is more. I'm really wishing they could have done more with the movie. The fact that it'd be like this was visually stunning. But the fact that like the movie bombed in theaters, it took so long for this film to be, I wouldn't say recognized, mm -hmm. but it was it was almost a disappointment that the movie didn't do better than it should well, have. Well, it's not going to. And the reason yeah. is the movie was so far ahead of its time. I agree yeah. with you on that. Um, and, and, and notice the people that love it, people that saw it at 10. Yeah. Now imagine you're 40 years old and trying to watch this in the eight, 1982. Yeah, it makes no yeah. sense to you. It has, yeah, it's the Star Wars problem. Yeah, if you grew, if you were young when this kind of story was yeah, out, I would agree. You're fine. I guarantee you. Part of the reason I like this, even though I was not born when it came out, mm -hmm. yeah. and did not see it until I was in my twenties, right, was because of reboot over there, right? Because I loved reboot, and this is essentially pre-reboot. Right, is true. right. This no. could easily exist in the same universe as Reboot. Oh, yeah, very very easily, very easily. Yeah, because one of the main reasons, because I I had never heard of this film until they started uh, Tron Legacy, and they started talking about this Tron thing. I was like, what in the world is this Tron? And so be like, you start learning more and more about it, and it's like, oh, okay. And see, watching clips from it, it's like, that doesn't really look interesting. Now, granted, I was already in my like nearly 20s at the time mm -hmm. when I heard this, and... 
Actually, the first time I heard of Tron was in my Theater One textbook in high school. <laughs> wow. Because they had pictures from this. And I remember going, this looks awesome. <laughs> and, and that was what it. What is this? And you could look, for some reason, it never said Tron. Otherwise, I'd have gone and looked for Tron and see what this was. But yeah. But they would show some of those landscapes for set design. Yes, and, and, and the set going, design is incredible. This is amazing. No, no, of course, the book's not saying this is two dimensional art made to look like three D. <laughs> right, right. Well, we take yeah. we take so much for granted now that they had to create yes. from scratch. Oh yeah, and, and that, that's the brilliance of this is uh-huh. that they're actually doing three D art with two D. Yeah. yeah, and they're doing it before the three D art was even possible. Oh, yes. Yeah. Pure, just pure like creativity, just genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this and and again, this is this is a movie that was so far ahead of its time, but it's, but it also doing, became a definitional movie. It's yes. doing 3D back when the only, closest thing you had to a 3D animated thing was the game. Uh, was it Battle Tanks? Is that the name of it? I vaguely back, remember the, the, Battle the, Tanks, the, but the but, 3D tank battle game. I can't remember the name. Okay, of but it. most of the three, most but of the three, most of the that's 3D. A but not not even in not even in 1982. No, not. But that's the closest I can think of. Yeah, I mean, you get the, the original the original list. Elite game was a wireframe yeah. 3D game, but that was uh, much later. Much later, we're talking late 80s, late 80s, 87 probably before those even became available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you're you're way ahead of your time. This movie is, uh, you know, yeah. I, it's just it's hard to explain how 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 battle zone Sorry. battle zone okay mm. I could I was gonna that name was gonna bug me if I couldn't think of it right well th- this movie is just so far ahead of its time it was um it was. And, and the visuals the visuals in a way have never been reproduced no which that is true I, I agree they've become the Tron visuals so you can't reuse them in some but regard not even Tron Legacy reproduces the look of this film it really doesn't to the and, point where they had to make for Tron Legacy had to make a lore reason why it doesn't look like this film yeah mm. yeah and and I, I think they could have invested a little bit more effort to do that mm-hmm. but they chose not to that was obviously a choice um yeah, so I feel, I feel like we need to. I feel like we need to do the other movie now because at some point, but not immediately. Not, not immediately. Not immediately. We'll give it a year. Yeah, but uh, anyway. So yeah, now that's a that's that's a that's a valid dislike. Yeah, yeah. So that brings us to the end of our likes and dislikes. So now we need to rate this thing. Now, way we rate, in case you don't know, All right. is we rate on a ten point scale, allowing for half points. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can rate it a. Two, you can rate it a three point five. Okay, okay, but you can't rate it a two point two five. Okay, know what I mean? gotcha. So, what are you rating this film? I, I, I have no choice. I, I must rate this a ten point five. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna round that down yeah, to a ten. ten. <laughs> okay, that's called in, in computer terms, guys. That's called being truncated. In computer terms, you just tried to stack overflow. Yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, which is why things get truncated. Which is why, <laughs> technically, I should say, okay, so you're ready to get a point five. No, 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 no. That's that's why two K logic. Um, <clears throat> it worked for Pac Man. <laughs> All right, no, it it has to be a ten because this is a this is the the, the, the very reason this movie failed is the reason this movie is a success. Mm. It was looking forward, not backwards. True, true. And th- this movie shows a vision of the future where computers are changing the world 
1982 before they did it almost 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you got to realize, until the Internet came, computers did not change the way we lived. No. But once the Internet came, it changed the way business worked. It changed the way communication worked. It changed the way we viewed our country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and this movie is, is, for, is, is prophesying a lot of that. Um, and, and it's just a fun movie on top of it and just beautiful. Yes. And the world building is astounding. Hmm. I see your point and I want to rate it as high as you did. However, I'm going to have to come down to 9.5. Grid bugs, right? The grid bugs are not the main problem here. They're, they're a it's okay. part of the you can pie. Admit it. You can admit it. <laughs> they're part, they're part of that pie that's bringing it down. No, it's just, there is a part of me that looks at it and goes, I know this isn't how computers work because I've worked with computers every single day of my life. This is not, I can't, I can't merge the way this shows computers working and the way I know computers work. You're, you're just upset that you don't fit in a light cycle. There is that too. <laughs> I don't know. That one guy was not too much bigger than I was. <laughs> and I'm sure the way that works just give me the extra large model. You you what the, they, had the, they had the four wheelers. the four wheelers. They had the four wheelers. Yeah, <laughs> like the four wheelers. <laughs> but it's just that. Mm. Keep in mind, nine point five is still right up there. Yeah, it's yeah. just small little itty bitty things keeping me from rating it a perfect ten out of ten. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. I'm gonna stick at nine point five. This right. is definitely a movie I love. Okay. So my rating is going to be like uh, like a 4.0. And that's it's where just, our friendship ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hang, hang on, Jacob. I think you've gotten confused. This is not Movie of the Week podcast. We do rate on the 10-point scale, not the five-star scale. No, 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 I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, I'm definitely going to give this movie like an, yeah, about an 8.5. 8.5. It's, it's still a good movie, not because you know, if we're going from the, you know, from the scale we use, like, if I was to give it a five, it's like middle of the road kind of film. Give it a higher eight. It's it's still a great film. I do see the problems with the film. Uh, the fact that it wasn't a film for a much larger, grander audience. That it focused, be like it, like you know the the ten year olds, the nine year olds, mm-hmm. those people that were inspired by the film to become uh, technicians and computer analysts and what have you. Uh, just this movie is not for everybody. This movie won't be for everybody. And that that's probably the sad part of the film is that not everybody's going to be able to enjoy this. So, and the, there again, the visuals in this movie, the way they created everything in this film was spectacular. And it's, it was groundbreaking for its time. And just, it's sad that not everybody's been able to enjoy this film. They probably will never enjoy it. So it's it's a specialty film in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it's it it's really almost, is. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it, it's not the kind of movie that. Well, your, your Western fans are just not going to enjoy it. You know, yeah, that is very agreed. True. agreed. Uh, and and your 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 mystery fans are not going to enjoy it. And mm-hmm. and it's it's an action science fiction, and science fiction has always, always, always been a niche agreed. thing, mm-hmm. and it will always be a niche thing. Because it, it appeals to those people that are looking, are forward looking, and are imaginative, and mm-hmm. this this is this is one of the most imaginative films ever made. I agree. Agreed. 
So that's why I give it an 8, 8.5. Okay. You are an animal. <laughs> <laughs> we know this. Do you remember how much he barks? <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot. All right. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Cellcast. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast. Oh, boy. Do you have anything you wish to promote, Chase? Do I? Of course I've got something I wish to promote. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of course I'm going to promote something. I knew that. <laughs> Just don't bring up election. Later. Jacob, we were this close. <laughs> Another time. There, there, there is one good news, gentlemen. One good news only. And that is the gospel. There is a God. Yes. Man has rebelled against God. But God was not pleased to let it sit like that, so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, so that who should ever believe upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's, my, that's the one thing I'm going to promote. You know what? I'm good with that. Yep. In fact, Amen, I actually do want to thank you for being the first person to actually actively say the gospel on the show. We go. Which you. means I should have done it before now. But anyway, <laughs> that does bring us to the end. Uh, uh, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And this is Chase, and I failed to wreck the show. There's still two of you left. <laughs> and we will catch you in the next frame. Goodbye. So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron, also on Facebook at Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron, on Twitter at Jacob Heron, and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759, Facebook as Drew Dodgen, uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single, single L. L.